Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Good morning and welcome to Two Drunk Accountants. Hey. Dan uh, has been pulled out of bed to be here for this episode this morning. I have indeed. We, we usually record on a Thursday night, but uh, <laughs> he was too crook yesterday still with the flu. Yes, the I've been flu. sick in bed, but you know, my dedication to this podcast is just, it has no bounds. It I has do, no bounds. I do respect your effort to be here today, Dan. Thank you, Tim. I know I usually try to cut you down <laughs> on this. <laughs> it's a solid effort to be here. Plus, I, I do know that if I wasn't here, you would have spent the entire podcast <laughs> just ripping into me, similar to what I did to you. I was thinking, I was thinking all week about... I was going to make up like 10 things I had about Dan <laughs> and just run through them one by one. Several of them were going to be that he gets sick a lot. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I would have laughed about that. Uh, uh, how but, are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm improving. Improving every day, you know. Uh, it's just the flu. These things happen. You are a battler. I am a battler. Um, but no, nah, yeah, definitely getting better on the mend. Feeling much better today than I have on previous days. But as you can tell, my throat... Still a little croaky. Still a bit of a frog. Still a little there. croaky. So, uh, that is why I sound a little bit funny today on the podcast, but uh, expect next week for my uh, luscious voice to be back. <laughs> luscious, luscious, re- rich, velvety voice. That's it. That's it. Uh, um, Tim. Why don't I give you a bit of a pong date, Dan, since you haven't been here this week? <laughs> yes. Please give me the pong date. All right. So, um, let, we'll get on to last week in a second. But this week, just so you know. Okay. Um, obviously, you lost half your matches automatically. Yeah, and we'll get certain, on to that. There's a certain mega challenge you lost last week. Yeah. Um, then, um, so, Michael and I played a few battles out. Mm-hmm. He beat me. Mm-hmm. I challenged him. I lost. Mm-hmm. Meaning my next match against him was Ooh. a minus five penalty. Wow. You were there for that day. I was there for that day. The next game I played him, I had a minus five penalty. I beat him. He challenged me. He lost, oh. which means he had a minus five penalty. Yeah. Um, then we we all played Angie, mm-hmm. and really all I had to do was just defeat Angie twice, mm-hmm. and the week was mine. Yeah. Beat her once convincingly. Second game purged. Street rules. I lost track of the score, and she beat me. Uh, <laughs> the first time Angie's ever defeated me. <laughs> the turtle in the hair, that one. I mean, Angie. It was a great win. Good on Angie. I mean, oh. she, she hasn't won a game against you in the official competition yet, nor me, actually. Oh. But she has, I think she's beat me in a prior game, but not, not in official competition. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great win for it's, her. It's huge. <laughs> and uh, so, she was quite happy about that. Mm. Um, she told me that I tried hard and that uh, better luck next time. Yeah, so that's good. She's I was like, like no yeah. one tells me I try hard. I tell people they try hard. That's what I do. Anyway, all, all power to Angie. She challenged Michael. Because yeah. if she could challenge she Michael, was running Michael yeah. she could have won the week. Because she, she automatically won. You. Yeah, right. So, um, anyway, just lost 21-19 oh. So, good week of Pong. So, Mikey comes out on top. For the week? Yeah, he wins the week. So, how many wins did he get? 
Uh, four. Four. Yeah. And I got three. You got three. Yeah, I got, got three. three. Well, you haven't met Angie. You've got to play Angie I've got to play still. Angie. I mean, <laughs> just because she beat you, Tim, doesn't mean she beats me. <laughs> Uh, so that's the pong date and uh yeah explain to the listeners what happened with the mega challenge last week dan (laughs) i was obviously already infected by my illness (laughs) and my brain was not in its right position and uh uh, i lost the grand final and was was furious i was furious it was a woeful grand final by you i was fuming it was 21 11 or something yeah i was fuming and uh (laughs) Tim was baiting me for the rest of the day, coming up to me saying this little, day. just little comments, like for the next twenty minutes at you least until I make a challenge. Five minutes later, <laughs> it was baiting me, and uh, yeah, I I got sucked into it. I went for it. I mega challenged. <laughs> the result was very similar to the grand final. It was basically the same score. And you were down ten nil before you even knew it. Oh, and uh, as a consequence. Uh, not only did I automatically lose a game against every competitor this week, <laughs> but I also have to wash Tim's dishes all week. And you got the flu. I think it's karma. And I got the flu. And so, the flu, though, probably worked out for the best because it means I wasn't here for three days this week. Yeah, I'm extremely disappointed about this, Dan. But I washed dishes this week. I- I've come into work and there is a big pile of Tim's dishes, I'm assuming, from the past two days just uh, waiting for me. I was washing the bare minimum that I needed. Yeah. But uh, it, was t- it was tough this week. <coughs> Would have been. <laughs> but I mean, you cough. <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, it's okay. Dan and I have broken a deal. He will wash the pile of dishes and do one day of dishwashing for me next week. I will. Yeah. I will do that, Tim, because I respect the system. <laughs> okay. Uh, there, I, I do have another quick pong date, actually. Yeah? My brother was recently telling me that he, uh, they just got a ping pong table at his work. Yeah. And uh, he was saying we should have an, an intercompany ping pong competition that'd be brilliant and uh he did remind me that a lot of people that work with him are ex-professional tennis players (laughs) that's true (laughs) he works at the bloody tennis center yeah oh my god Uh, i I said that's fine it's got nothing on ping pong yeah i said have you seen moneyball (laughs) that's where we come in statistics numbers i'm gonna put like eddie the eagle because (laughs) whether like most unlikely (laughs) victors against ex-tennis players Hey, that, that t- ping pong is a very different game to tennis, Plus, Tim. All right? We play in a confined room on a table that's 20 years old. We'll probably. host it. <laughs> With $20 rackets. Yeah. Well, Imagine their, budge- their budget on ping pong. Yeah, probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it well. would be cool, though, because I'm imagining we go to their venue. Yeah. We put a ping pong table in the, minute, in the middle of the court. <laughs> oh, that would happen. Right <laughs> in the middle of Pat Rafter Arena. <laughs> And get a crowd in the grandstand yeah. of about five people. About five, yeah, the rest of the employees. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. If, if we go there for, uh, for ZeroCon, Tim, we could make a visit and make, well, that, make that happen. We have been talking about this, Dan. Yeah. This is a possibility. No. I, and I was thinking, let's road trip it up there. Not a bad idea. I'm keen. I'm mm. keen. Well, let's... let's uh, Are dis- we committing right here and right now? Let's discuss this off air. <laughs> <laughs> Dan needs to run it by the uh, supervisor. Yes. By that. The boss. The boss. Uh, okay, cool. Well, Tim and Dan Lowe, have t- you got anything interesting this week? Uh, no, I was sick. I appreciate everyone in the office for uh, fielding phone calls for me, if any came through. Um, that's it. My Tim and Dan Lowe is a despicable act, Dan. 
Mm, is it's, it something I've done? No, it's not. You, <laughs> usually it is something that you've done, but maybe your absence for three days this week has gotten you off the hook. Okay, good. Apart from not washing my dishes, but we've covered that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is someone lowering themselves into the depths of humanity's lowest ebbs and flows. This is one of the worst things I've ever witnessed, Dan. Okay. Have you ever seen someone reach into a bowl, pick up a chip, and then see another chip they want, drop the first chip, and then grab the second chip, the second longer and more superior chip? I haven't, but the only person that could come to mind to make me think that would do this would be our good friend Michael Orford. No, no, no. I I agree. It probably would be something he would do too, because he is despicable. He was there, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it as well. Who did this? Damo. Damo, actually. Yep. We had a great big bag of tortilla crisps. Mm. You know, the long dipping ones, the rectangles? I do, yeah. They're great, aren't they? Mm. Anyway, sometimes you get half ones and sometimes you get full length ones. Mm. Damo picks up a half one, sees a full length one that he wants. Why wouldn't you just eat the half one? If you've touched it, it's yours. No one wants it. He dropped it back in it's the bowl. That's rules. And he got caught out. He got called out. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's almost like double dipping. Mm. You know, you pick it, it up, disgusting. you take a bite, and then you dip again. Well, <laughs> that's the worst thing. I hate double dipping. <laughs> double dipping, um, it really, like, I lose my appetite just thinking about it. Yeah, no, I lose my appetite just thinking about Demo. So, uh, that really made me question humanity. Mm. But on the flip side, so what we were doing- In, what- <laughs> in saying that though, is, orf- I'm sorry, is Demo humanity? I kind of feel like he's his own thing. Demo's an animal. Yeah, Demo's his own, he's his own species, <laughs> his own rules. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, what were you doing? Well, yeah, so we we're watching the football, we we're watching Melbourne play Sydney. Um, so this, was, this picked my faith back up in humanity, actually. Mm. So I think you're very familiar with the way I feel about Sydney Swans, Dan. You, you don't like them. I hate them. Mm. But there is a fair bit of respect washed up in that hatred. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have some respect for Buddy. Yeah. No, not Buddy. But <laughs> just the club as a whole. Okay, yeah. I respect the, the culture, the success. Yeah. And they're doing something right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is a serious thing. So... It's a guy named Alex, Alex Johnson. Have you heard of him? Yeah, he's the, the guy who busted his knee mm. six years. He's done... It's taking him to come back. five knee reconstructions Ooh. to his right knee, or maybe it's the left, <clears throat> to one of his knees. Yeah. And he just got back, mm. and he played in a win against Collingwood. Mm-hmm. Just, like, played a great role. Mm. Got heaps of kicks and, t- like, touches and marks yeah. down back. Mm. Um, so, everyone was praising him for getting back. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the next game back within the first quarter, did his good knee. Yeah. Tore his ACL. Knew it straight away as well. That is... How horrible is just that? Just so unfortunate. That it's, it's great that the club stood by him for six years, though. I mean... Oh, yeah, amazing. And, look, if he was to choose to go around again, by all accounts, it sounds like... They would stick by him for another season yeah. as well because an ACL is 12 months out of the game every mm. time you reconstruct it. So, his best likelihood is not to be back next year, but the year after. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> he'd probably be ready to play around this time next year. That is- All going well. That is horrible. It's so bad. 
So, um, yeah, you got a feel for that guy. But it was a like, great sportsmanship by the Melbourne team. They all got around him. Like, mm. the opposition team all got around him at the end. And That's nice. You see lots of the Swans players like really upset by it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so that restores your faith in humanity when mm. people get around something yeah. like that. I mean... When bad things are actually happening. Yeah, when, when you're witnitessing some atrocities like picking up a chip and then putting it back. <laughs> it's, it's just horrible. nice to, to see that kind of behavior come yeah. out and, you know, good sportsmanship. Yeah. I don't think Alex Johnson's ever picked up a, a small chip and mm. dropped it for a large chip. No, definitely. He's not that sort of guy. No. Do you know who would do that? Any player on Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> Season defining match tonight, Dan. I'm going to be watching it. Yeah. We're probably going to lose. Very much defines your season. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving along, uh, we got some business updates. Uh, I think, have you got anything, Dan? Or uh, I'm gonna rely on you this week, Tim, for a lot of the organizational oh, yeah. I just aspects to make, of the podcast. I know we discussed it before we started this, and I knew you didn't have anything, but I just wanted to make 100% sure you didn't have any. Oh yeah, no. Okay. Well, um, there is a couple of interesting ones. So the drought appeal for the farmers is yes. happening at the moment. Yep. Um, so that's a lot of people are. Uh, donating to farmers to buy hay mm-hmm. for their uh, for their stock of cattle and sheep and those sorts of things. Yep. Just supporting families who are... There's a really bad drought happening at the moment. Yeah, and if in you... In Australia. Yeah. There's not, not a lot of news given to it, though. No, there the has been in the past kind of two weeks. I feel like it's really ramped up. There's been a lot of like, you know, 7.30 project and or 7 p.m., yeah. whatever, the, whatever those shows are called. They've been putting a lot of airtime to the drought and, yeah. and things like that. So, it is good to see it picking up. But, you know, the six months prior, like we've been in drought for years. Oh, and it's, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's just uh, now kind of hitting, a, you know, that critical point where if these people don't get support, then they're going to lose their livelihood. Yeah, I know. It's a really tough one. And mm. you do, it does make you wonder, like, what the future of farming in Australia is. Yeah. You know, we're such a drought-stricken country. Exactly. And if you're farming cotton or things like that, then so much water goes yeah. into the production of those things. Mm. It doesn't make sense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, ne- nevertheless, there's real people struggling mm. in the grips of this. So, yeah. it's a great thing. Everyone's um, donating. Um, but there, it does seem like there's going to be some tax consequences for that. Yeah. And you, you did mention this right before the podcast. And I think it's a little harsh. So, this is only a possibility at the moment. Mm. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a grey area. Mm. So, obviously, farmers are receiving money from generous people who are willing to give some money to them. Yep. And a lot, some of it's been done through crowdfunding yep. campaigns, um, which is where basically you can go online and just donate to a cause. Donate, yep. um, so, there's some advice being passed through, com- filtering through to accountants. I got something during the week, which mm. says that that crowdfunding to a farmer could be accessible income in their mm. name, which is an interesting thing. It is very interesting. If I was that farmer, I'd be pretty annoyed about that. Yeah. And, and it, <laughs> it's not like they've done anything to re- no. receive those funds. No, and I, I'd be interested to go and review the actual accounting standards around what constitutes income. Yeah. Because I don't think... A donation received as a consequence of a, of a natural disaster yeah. is not a is not payment for services rendered. No, um, I, I I think there's a fine line. You know, there's a lot of businesses that start on these you know GoFundMe pages where they're raising enough money to develop a product, 
And yes, that could be income. Mm. Because usually they promise some, some sort of, of product. Pa- yeah, yeah at, at the end, you know, that's true. if you've paid 50 bucks, then you get that's true. the prototype of this product. Yeah, that, that, that is um, true. So that definitely would be income through one of these sources. But a donation for drought relief... I don't think so. Yeah. I'd be surprised if the ATO held them to declaring that as income. Yeah. The other thing I guess you could think of is they're probably not going to have a lot of income if they are drought-stricken farmers. So, That's it true. shouldn't create yeah. too much of a tax burden. They will have a lot of expenses still. <laughs> They'll probably have losses. So, it's probably the least of their concerns. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the equation, the people donating to those farmers, mm. um, they have to be very careful that it wouldn't be a deductible gift recipient. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, sometimes um, if you are donating to a specific charity, which is backed by a deductible gift recipient, Mm. then absolutely that is a deduction Mm -hmm. in your next tax return. But if you're doing a crowdfunding campaign and giving it straight to a farmer, which is like awesome if you ask me, because your money is going straight to the person that needs it. it's unlikely that you can claim that as a deduction. That's right. So, yeah, just something to be aware of. And if you're a farmer out there, definitely have a chat to your accountant and uh, keep your ear to the ground with uh, news on whether or not this income might be taxable. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got another business update, Tim? Uh, just a quick one. I read during the week an interesting case about shift workers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have 12-hour shifts. It's a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And uh, Fair Work Australia has taken the company to court over the accruing of leave, Mm. sick and annual leave. Interesting. So, what usually happens is you get four weeks of leave, um, two weeks of sick, four weeks of annual leave, two weeks of sick leave. Yes. For working a 37.6 hour week. No, 38 hour week, five 7.6 hour days. Um, Anyway, so um, these employees who are working 12 hour shifts, there was an argument to say that they should accrue more leave. Yes. Because they're working over and above the 38-hour week. So, in court, the, the finding, the, the judgment was that that is correct, as a matter of fact. So, there's millions of dollars of back pay <laughs> potentially liable from that pharmaceutical company and other companies like it. That is interesting because traditionally, <clears throat> excuse me, it's frogging my throat. <laughs> traditionally, um, <clears throat> you don't have to pay accrue leave on overtime and other non-ordinary hours of work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is what's happened with this pharmaceutical company. You know, they they do the 38 hours and everything above that, they're saying is overtime. Now, you would assume if it is overtime above that, they'd be getting some type of penalty rate anyway. Yeah, true. So, it probably depends on the way they've structured that. Yeah. There's probably more details there than yeah. we know of. But That's right. But I'd say they're not the only company that... That do this. Has workers in that scenario. No. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Apparently, apparently they're going to um, challenge the, the fine appeal. So, mm. um, so, yeah, I guess we watch that space. It's just good to know. Mm. Um, and isn't it a minefield? Like, oh, um, it employing is. staff and- We get people and, calling us all the time about, yeah. you know, how much am I meant to pay this person? And they say, well, it's not an easy question. <laughs> I had a good question yesterday from mm. a client. We're closing down over Christmas. Am I allowed to tell my staff that they have to take annual leave? Yeah. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, it is an so interesting one. maybe that can be a future topic. Yeah. I've got leave. the answer for that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, maybe we can discuss that in, in later weeks. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, uh, on, on pharmaceuticals, 
I'm I'm popping pills like Maltesers at the moment. And I really did enjoy the turn of events but that happened to you last weekend when you were buying pills for Katrina. Yeah. So you have to have your show your license to buy the cold and flu tablets that have the pseudoephedrine in them. Uh, which I always get because they're, they're better. They knock you out for the night. You get a better night's sleep. Uh, Katrina, my partner, was sick over the weekend, so I bought her some when I wasn't sick, pretending I was sick at the chemist, uh, meaning that I wouldn't be able to go back in two days later when I became sick to buy some. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Katrina had work. She had to go... Uh, she she's, gets Let's an infusion honest, every eight weeks as well. She had that on Wednesday. Uh. Let's be honest, she didn't care about your flu, did she? Uh, no, she did, actually. She was very supportive this time around. <laughs> this time around? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's very supportive. I mean, if I was Kat and you had the flu every second week like you do, then I guess I can understand the way, <laughs> the way she feels. <laughs> no, she was very supportive. Uh, but as a result, I bought some paracetamol from Woolies. Just some, right? <laughs> 70 cents. So cheap. How cheap? So cheap. Because the, the patent's gone. Yeah. It's just so cheap so to manufacture just, just little tablets they just, of... They get the ingredients yeah. now and it's crazy, so cheap. isn't it? It's crazy. Like bananas. That's actually a really interesting thing to discuss as Several well. Several bananas cost less. <laughs> More, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Panadol, it's just a minor pain relief, so... Yeah, but and you better watch yourself. Bananas you growing trees. The amount of pills you buy and popping it at the moment, you're going to get a, some sort of government list, <laughs> a watch list. Yeah. Driver's license been shown at several different chemists. That that happens to people. I, I, know. I know people who weren't allowed to buy any more oh, cold and flu tablets. It's you, isn't it? <laughs> right, let's move on to our main topic. Main topic uh, today, we're going to be discussing GST. Yeah. Glug, 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 glug. That's uh, cold and flu medicine. <laughs> oh, I was thinking, by the way, because we're filming this in the morning. Filming? Recording. Yeah, I used the wrong word there. Mm. Um, we, could, we could call today... Um, two caffeinated accountants. Two caffeinated accountants. Yeah. Or two accountants in an office drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's good. Eh? Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that airplane food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. Main topic. GST. GST. When a lot of questions we get with people that start off their start off business, especially smaller ones or people who've never been in business before, they always ask, when do I have to register for GST? When, when do I do it? How do I do it? How does it affect what I do? You know, if you're already in business with GST, then you might not you know, be thinking about this, but you might not fully understand what it actually is. Yeah. So, what we thought... Definite yeah, starting point. What, what we thought today would be just a quick overview of what GST actually is, yeah. uh, how it works, and when you might need to register for GST, and also a few hints and tips, I guess. Um, yeah. It's a, it gets pretty complicated some, in some areas, uh, especially, you know, uh, digital services provided from an overseas mm. business um, isn't always clear. Exporting yeah. services. <laughs> Exporting services. Yeah, it's... it's uh, health services. Health services. Uh, importing goods. Ooh. Yeah. Resi- um, residential rents versus commercial rents. Yes. Uh, when you're in the business of 
like flipping houses. Yeah. So, though that's GST 201. Today, we're going to cover GST 101. Correct. So, I think next week, why don't we just carry on with the GST topic? Okay. We'll, get, we'll dive a bit deeper into some of those things. Okay. And uh, just some quirks and oddities of the GST system. Okay. So, um, Tim, what is GST? GST. Well, it stands for Goods and Services Tax. And it's very similar to other taxes charged around the world, such as value-added taxes. Yeah, VATs. VATs. Hmm. Um, it was introduced by the Howard government back in 2000, 2001, around that time. It was. And basically what it does is it charges a 10% um, tax to the end user of a good or a service. That's right. So, that's the thing that a lot of people actually don't realize. Mm. <laughs> um, it increases the price by 10% mm. of everyday products that end users receive. Yeah. And so, essentially, you know, before 2000, you had something that you were selling for $10. Well, then after 2000, you'd have to pay. So, you'd have to charge $11 because you've charged 10%. Absolutely. Tax on top. Now... You know, I don't know if you remember back in your economics studies days, Tim, but there's a lot of um, models that would suggest that the implications of such a tax would mean that... Demand and supplier? Yeah, the demand and supplier would mean that uh, we'd end up with probably paying half from the company and half from the end user. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, actually, so those models. That really, it would be like $10.50 and... <laughs> So you wouldn't That's get true. yeah, but essentially it's ten dollars on top of the price yeah. of of the good. It really depends on yeah on your market. So so let's let's I think the best way to explain how this might work is to use mm. an example. Yeah. Um. So why don't we run with Damo's plumbing? Damo's plumbing. All right. Damo's plumbing is a great example. Yeah. Um. So what's the? I guess Damo buys materials. Damo buys. He buys. Plumber's materials. Plumber's materials. So, those plumber's materials are made by a company. Let's say piping. <laughs> piping. Yep. So, there's a piping company. Yep. And Damo is one of their best customers. Yep. Um, <coughs> what they're doing is buying input materials mm -hmm. and they're adding something to them. Mm -hmm. They're combining them in a way, mm -hmm. which is adding value. Mm -hmm. And that's what a value added tax or goods and services tax is all about. Mm -hmm. So, if you're adding value to something by combining mm -hmm. um, inputs um, or labor mm -hmm. and then selling it to someone else, mm -hmm. um, then you have to charge GST. Yes. On the price of that good. Yeah. So, yeah. so that they've made their pipe. Um, usually, they would have sold it for $100. Yes. They have to charge an extra... Ten dollars yep. if the GST is ten percent. One hundred and ten. Damo is a poor guy that has to pay that. But mm -hmm. if Damo is registered for GST, being a business, mm. then he won't suffer the payment of that tax. No, he will be able to get the ten dollars back. Yeah, and and this is where some people do get confused. Not only do you have to pay GST on all goods and services that you sell if you're registered for GST, if they're within the scope of the GST uh, laws, but uh, you also get to claim the GST on all goods and services that you purchase. Yep. Uh, it's a two-sided coin. Yeah. And, and what this is getting at is, well, if you have business-to-business -business transactions yes. and they're both registered for GST, neither of those businesses really pay that tax. No. Uh, so the person who ends up paying the tax is the- Damos customer. Damos customer <laughs> who buys 
the services from Demo using those materials. As long as they are a residential person yeah. who's an end user of the yeah, product. Because, he, because that person's not registered for GST. Uh, so the full price to them might be 150 bucks because Demo has mm. charged 30 bucks on top and then yeah. and add GST again. Yeah. Uh, so this person essentially is. Wearing the cost. Yeah, is wearing the cost of however much that is, $27 or something. Yeah. Um, of that GST. Yeah, so, so, so basically the cycle is it passes from business to business until it gets to an end residential user correct. who wears the tax. Now, the person that actually pays the tax to the government is the business, which is why a lot of people think that they're suffering the cost. Yeah. But really, they've just charged that cost to the customer. Yep. The customer sent them money and they send that money to the ATO. Yeah, the business... Uh, businesses are the ATO's middleman when it comes to the GST. Yeah. They're the henchmen that collect the GST. Yeah. And then in their business activity statements, mm. they send the GST off to the ATO. Some businesses get refunds. Yes. That can be the sign of a bad business yeah. <laughs> if they're okay. paying more GST yeah. than they're receiving. But it can also be the sign of a business that sells non-GST items. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you're a medical practitioner or something like that. Uh, then, yeah, you, you might end up with a refund. So, essentially, uh, what happens here is a lot of people forget to budget for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and, and, and not just budgeting, but they don't realize that money in their bank account as a business owner collecting GST mm. doesn't belong... Some of it doesn't belong to them. No. They're actually, right. they've been collecting it for the ATO. Uh-huh. That's, that's and 100%. that's a problem for a growing business. It's low on cash flow. Yeah, and a lot of people struggle with this because they think, oh, well, I got 150 bucks from a client today. Awesome. I'll go spend that $150. Well, no. 27 of that has to go to GST. Yeah, you're just... <clears throat> you're borrowing that $27 from the ATO until, <laughs> until yeah. you hold your bars and pay it off to them. <laughs> That's right. And, and it's not going to equal exactly $27 because as we said, Demo's purchased some goods in exactly. that. He's already paid 10 bucks. He's so going to get $10 back. Exactly. So, he's got to pay 27 but he gets $10 back. So, really, he only has to pay $17. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think essentially what happens is at the end of every month or quarter, depending on what your registration is, uh, you lodge a BAS. In that badge, you include all of your GST-related income. BAS is a business activity statement. Business activity statement. You include all, all of your GST-related income, then all of your GST-related purchases. Yep. And then, at the very end, you total what that is, and it's either a refund or a payable, and you pay that to, to the ATO. ATO. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> when does a business need to get into that system? And, yeah. and are there businesses that should do it? Straight away, yeah. Or are there? Is there any pros and cons? The the ATO's guide is essentially when you expect to reach the income threshold. It's not exactly when you reach it because a lot of people think, "Well, I haven't earned that much income yet. <laughs> I don't need to register." Well, it's not. Yeah. The ATO's guide is actually when you expect in an income year yeah. to reach the income threshold. Seventy five thousand dollars yeah. of turnover. Exactly. If you're a um, private for-profit business. That's right. Um, so, let's, let's give another example. So, Damo's just started his plumbing business. Yep. We've really got to find someone else to... <laughs> let's stick with Damo for the let's moment. Let's stick with Damo for the... <laughs> anyway, so, um, he's just started his business. He's been trading for six months. His turnover, that's just the sales. It includes materials that he's bought and is mm. on charging to his clients. So, yep. everything that you sell, his turnover is $60,000. Yeah. 
for six months. And it's December, he's got six months left in the financial year. At that point, Damo could probably think, I'm going to exceed the $75,000 GST turnover limit. Yes. I need to think about registering for GST yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and it's really good for Damo because he's still got a little bit of time mm-hmm. to start telling his suppliers and his customers that he's now going to be registered for GST. Yeah. Um, that's an important thing mm. um, because leading on to the next point, there are some pros and cons mm. of registering for GST and it depends on your industry type and your business type. Yeah, certainly does. If you're certainly working does. business to business, it's not a huge change mm. because those businesses that you're serving will, <coughs> will actually be able to claim the GST credits back. So, they're really yeah. not going to suffer a, a price increase no. in, um, after they lodge their activity statement. No. If you're working for residential consumers, it's mm. a different story. Yeah, that's right. You know, you, you're going to have to put your prices up and people might not be happy about that. You know, a, a 10% hike is pretty significant on some things. Definitely. Uh, so, And this, you don't want to be eating into <coughs> your profits. No, and this is oh. where that model that we're talking about earlier comes in that, you know, your demand's going to slip, so yeah. you're going to have to change you your might, pricing. But, yeah, you might have to wear some of the cost of the tax, yeah. which is not what you want to do. No. So, if, if you're not required... You know, you you don't you're not expecting to get this seventy five thousand of income in this tax year. Then, uh, you really have to weigh up whether or not it's worth your while to register. And what we mean by that is, if you're someone who's selling non GST items, you could be getting ten percent back on all yeah. your purchases. So it could be worth yeah. your while then to register for GST. There are some cases where um, services being sold aren't um, GST um, goods or services. Yeah. So, you don't have to owe anything on the services you're selling. Exactly. But then everything you're buying has GST on the inputs. Mm. So, uh, we've had some clients come through the doors where we're like, you should have been registered for the last two years. You could have received $10,000 in GST refunds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, so that does some, happen. Sometimes it is good to register, but that's obviously yeah. unique cases. So. Now, the other thing that you should consider um, is the administration costs surrounding yeah. being registered for GST. Yeah. yeah. The bookkeeping does become significantly more difficult, I would say. Oh, definitely, because you have to be across what has and what doesn't have GST, which yeah. we we've done quizzes. There was an ABC quiz a couple of years ago mm. and we're accountants to deal with GST very yeah. regularly for yeah. our clients. And I think I got like four out of 10. I mean, some of the things they were doing. Was they were purposely ridiculous. trying to trick you, but, but yeah. Cause, but it can be are, hard to know. Yeah. Most, my advice would usually be ensure you always get an invoice yeah. from whoever you're purchasing things from. Or a receipt if, you go, <clears> if you're at Coles or something like that. Yeah. And it's always going to tell you what's GST and what's not GST. You know, on, on your Coles receipt, there's going to be a little asterisk or something that yep. says this, these items don't include GST. Definitely. Um, but on an invoice from another business, they have to state whether or not they've got GST on them. Yeah. So, and, and realistically, like, you're not going to try and get it. You're not going to run a fine tooth comb through everything. Uh, there's going to no. be some things which maybe you'll miss out on some GST yeah. if you just be conservative and go, no, there's no GST in that. Yeah. But um, there are some broad categories that are easy to run by. I mean, interest, no GST. Bank fees. <laughs> Bank fees. Usually no GST unless, unless they're merchant fees. <laughs> uh, government yeah, fees? Government fees. 
no GST. No GST. <laughs> uh, Unless the, the RTA sells some towing books that have GST. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fresh fruit and veggies? Generally, no, no GST. GST. Unless they've had something done to them. Bread? No GST, generally. Finger buns? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. What about health-related products? They're the ones that I just I just cannot keep track of. No. So, here's, here's one that there's been a lot of debate about recently. Yeah. Tampons. Tampons. Yeah. And a lot of people are calling it the tampon tax. The tampon tax. Because it's an item that is there's no 100%- There's no condoms. Yeah. It's, it's 100% required by 51% of the world's population- <laughs> Yeah. To, to use, and yet there's GST charged on it. That's weird. It is weird. I and don't get it. No. And the reason there are so many exemptions is because they're trying to make it fair for things that are essential and for primary producers and for, you know, you shouldn't be having to be paying more tax because you need medical things. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that because so, the health profession deals primarily yeah. with- People in uh, need. The end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sick people. Yeah. And- the health profession isn't going to wear 50% of the cost of no. the GST. I'm sorry. They're just going no. to pass that straight on. Exactly. So, so, I, so what's happened there is, yeah, there's, there are exemptions for those kind of things. So, yeah, it is difficult when you're doing your bookkeeping to keep track of this kind of thing. Yeah, I guess that's the point. Is you, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it does it's increase, very nuanced. increase your burden of time and admin. Yeah. Now, in your accounting software, Xero, QuickBooks, MYB. <laughs> uh, it does very easily keep track of your GST. It's very easy to do when you enter in a purchase, a sale, when you're reconciling. It's easy to change the GST type. At the end of the month or quarter, you can run reports, activity statements that show exactly what you need to enter in on your BAS. Yeah. Um, so it is getting easier and easier to do. It's no, not. I think the best part about those softwares, Dan, is mm. that. Clients can actually work with their accountant yeah, on exactly. the BAS. Yeah. So, if they do have some questions, they can leave the transactions. Yeah. So, they, I'm not really sure about these I They can write a note and say, yeah. I'm not sure what the GST is on these. Yeah, exactly. Can you advise me? Exactly. And that's, that's I would where love it if more clients did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess it's there on the screen and they're just like, I just want to tidy this up. Just yeah. Clean this. Just reconcile. Yeah, reconcile. Interest. Big reconcile. Green. GST. We all want the big green tick at the end. Yeah, it's true. Right? So, um, so yeah. Uh, okay, final point on GST, I think, for, for GST 101. Yes. If you're a business, Dan, mm-hmm. should you register for GST? <laughs> if you expect to be <laughs> over $75,000 a year in income, uh, or already are, or it could be in your best interest in terms of refunds and whatnot, mm. then yes. Not yeah. only are you required, but it could be a good idea. Yeah. My, my thoughts on this are... If you want to grow your business and you see your business being your only income in the future, mm. I almost think just register from day dot. Yeah. Get your pricing structures right. Get your systems set up. That's right. Understand how it's going to work. Yeah. You don't have to make the change in six to 12 months time yeah. then. Mm. Um, if you've got a business that's more of a side hustle, a bit of freelancing, mm. maybe one day down the track, you might go over the $75,000. Don't register. No. Because the it burden be of time, cost yeah. and admin is going to be far more than the benefits you get from registering for GST at that time. Yeah, that's right. 100%, Tim. 100%. So, I would say uh, that I agree with Tim and I would say that, you know, we make, we've made it seem difficult 
Um, but really, once you get the hang of it, it's not so bad to keep track of the admin side of things, but it is an added time. Yeah, it's just a learning curve. Yeah. And if you've got a good accountant, um, they'll help you. Yeah. They'll hold your hand. Um, they'll probably even help you lodge your bazzes if that's something you want to include hmm. in their services to you. Uh, right. I know we do that for a lot of our clients. Yes. And it's good because you get that quarterly catch up and interaction. So, that's right. Um, so, uh, next week, Tim... GST 201. Uh, what are some things that we might discuss? I think we maybe could go through some of those more complex examples. Mm-hmm. Um, so, health providers, mm-hmm. um, uh, exporters of services. Importers of services. Importers of services. The changes happening with online providers such as Google, Facebook, yeah. eBay. Yeah. All, all starting to charge GST now and why. Yeah. Why they're charging the and, GST. And which ones don't. And why. <laughs> the future of GST, mm-hmm. debate over what the GST percentage should be. Yeah. Because we're at 10%. A lot of other countries, 18, 20. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we both have a similar opinion to this, mm. which may not be a popular one. Um, which we can reveal next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, stay tuned. Uh, so, um, the, other, yeah. the other things we might discuss um, would be how to actually register, how to do it. How to register. Um... And I guess like, yeah, just, just things like, well, you know, examples of you know, buying a car, like what GST, you know, what yeah. implications you're going to have on that. Exactly. Selling a car. Yeah. Um, so, we'll talk about some specific examples that yeah. trip a lot of people up. And I really, I really want to go through a list of GST items and non-GST items mm. that just are ridiculous yeah. as well. We've got to go through that list. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, Tim. Well, uh, do you have any other things this week? Yes, I do actually <laughs> go for it okay so dan would you say i'm a man of no <laughs> i didn't finish my sentence oh sorry go uh, on would you say i'm a man of high moral ethics yes <laughs> why did you hesitate there <laughs> i would say if that's a nice answer that you said yes yeah. i would say if you asked me this six months ago i would have said yes as well yeah I feel like I am a man of higher moral and ethics now. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are you higher? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's silly that me saying that actually. But um, my other thing is I've been eating plant-based for a month. <laughs> <laughs> mm, all right. I see what you've done here. Yeah, you see what I've done. I see what you've done. I, I knew that would send you off in yeah. the wrong direction. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I guess, just, just want to say I'm enjoying it. And uh, I watched mm. a bit of a foreign correspondent on War and Waste. And mm. yeah, it's just a very pressing topic for me at the moment. It the, is a pressing. Waste the, is uh, a real big issue. <clears throat> it, it's all interlinked. Climate change, mm. animal welfare, yeah. human health, yeah. I, plastics, uh, one-use plastics. It's all interlinked. It's I, all 100%, interlinked. I 100% agree, Tim. I, have, it's, I haven't given up meat altogether. Uh, I definitely, that's fine. That's fine. I definitely don't eat a lot of red meat anymore. Um, it would be like once every, you know, two months I'd have red meat. Normally it's fish or chicken, um, which isn't as good. But still, yeah, the dairy problem is pretty big. You know, feeding yeah. all those animals, you yeah. know, re- requires a whole lot of water and you know a yeah. lot of grain and a whole lot of water to make that grain. That's um, whereas we that's resources well just, and environmentally yeah. is not great. We might as well just eat that grain. <clears throat> e- ethically, also not great. I hate. A lot of people think cows, we're doing them a favor by milking them, but really no. we're uh, inserting babies into yeah. them. 
Via rape sticks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Milking them for our benefit. <laughs> it is it is it is a concern. Yeah. It's not an easy it's thing a nasty, nasty to work out. But yeah. yeah, it is But I think I think I think the thing is and you don't have to just, you know, give it up or, or whatever, mm. but just consuming less. Yeah, consuming and less. I think I think that's that goes with waste, that goes yeah. with climate change, that goes mm. with everything. It's 100%. Just in moderation. 100%, Tim. Because it even comes down to like fashion, fast fashion and things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, That's why I repair my pants when they break, Tim. Or like take away coffee cups. I've been guilty of that. Yeah, you are guilty of it's that. It's because Macca's drive through you know, you don't want to give them a, you, you can't give them a keep cup. Yes, you can. What, you're going to give the person you've paid? By the time I get to the window, they've given me my coffee. All right, Dan. I'd have to go in. Well, there was an ad recently. I want to do it for my car, Tim. There's, there is a very common Macca's <laughs> ad at the moment. There's mm. a guy driving through drive through with a baby in the back seat. Drives mm. through three times. Definitely time enough to give them a keep cup at the first window. And right. then Why does he drive through three times? Because he doesn't want to stop because the baby will wake up. Ah, uh, right. So, he drives through and whispers. Yeah. One, take a wake up, two, no, thanks. Yeah. And then drives straight past yeah. and then comes through. When was the last time you went to Macca's, Tim? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Actually, I haven't had Maccas for ages. It was yeah. a lot. I, I said never again. <laughs> I really... <laughs> never again. Yeah, because I felt so sick the next day, yeah. mainly from the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was at that gig and I... Uh, yeah. At the Long Jetty Pub and I haven't had any Maccas ever since that... Mm. Chicken cheeseburger. <laughs> no, That's chicken why. Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> What's your uh, other thing, Dan? Um, my other thing today is. What is my other thing today? Um. Have you advances in cold and flu medication? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh come on! Surely you got something non-sickness related. Like, did you learn anything from any of the movies you watched while you were bedridden, or podcast you listened to, or? Did you, in your um, fevered stupor, mm. did you come up with any great ideas or weird ideas? Did you have any weird dreams? <laughs> <laughs> I came up with plenty of ideas, Tim. Oh, really? Uh, I, had a, I had this one dream, actually. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about this oh, one Oh, really? Dream. I'll tell you about this one dream. All right, cool. All right. So, I was, I was hosting the podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was Is hosting this legit? The, this is legit. I was hosting the podcast. Right. And... I was looking down at my phone. It was just, you know, so many people were rating us and liking the podcast and just, we were going gangbusters. Yeah. Um, and when I looked around the room, I realized one significant difference to reality and uh, you weren't there. <laughs> and what so, it just, that, it just made me think, maybe we just don't need Tim. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. And, uh, I don't know, Dan. Yeah. I don't know. Who are you going to replace It's 100% real. 100% real with that to dream. Replace me, is yeah. there? That dream happened. I want to... It we... didn't happen. I didn't <laughs> we need to sign a contract. We need to sign <laughs> a contract. I, I'm worried about my place on this show. You don't need to worry, Tim. You, you, you showed up. You're here. Um, that's what counts. I showed up. I glowed up. Yeah, no, you came up with most of the topics today. I just, I just rode along. Thanks for being here, Dan. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. Um, thank you, Dan, for uh, coming in. And I uh, just want to say, just show a bit of love to you, Dan. You're a good guy. Right? Thanks, Tim. You're all right. You're all right, too. <laughs> I hope you feel better next week. Thanks. All right. Catch you later, everybody. We'll see you next week on the podcast for GST 201.
Yeah, JC201, uh, hopefully celebrating the birth of Essendon in the finals. And mm. uh, I doubt yeah, it. A bit more Pong date, and uh, we'll catch you later. Mazel tov. Catch you later.